This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Welcome to the Mile High Fi podcast. Hello, world. My name is Carl Jensen, and I'm here with Doug Cunnington. Doug, what are we going to talk about today? Today is a mailbag episode, so we have four wonderful questions. We're going to talk about uh, Roth IRAs a little bit, if it's possible to switch over to index funds, even if you're close to retirement, and a couple other things as well. But we haven't seen each other in a little while. What's been going on with you? Yeah, so big news. I finally got my permit closed for my basement remodel. I pulled that permit way back in January of 2020, so 26 months ago. And it take it took longer than expected. COVID screwed things up. I had to be a homeschool teacher, which was unpleasant. Uh, yeah, lots of things conspired against me, prices, but I finally got it done. And the main reason was because the our town, our fine city of Longmont, which I like, no, no judgment, but they started sending me nasty emails saying, hey, dude, you've had this permit open for like all this time. We really need you to finish this up or else we're going to be angry with you and start fining you or threatening me other threats, which I won't say here. So I, I had to get it done. So yeah, yesterday the inspector came and that's always a little tense. You don't know if they're going to find something, but yeah, it was all good. And by no means is it finished, but the city is off my back. The city of Longmont Monkey is off my back and uh, I could just do the rest at my leisure and there's not that much left to be done. So yeah, very happy. Congrats. Yeah, a huge project and people can see some pictures on Instagram, right? Yes. uh, My Instagram is 1500 days. And I'll have some posts about it too. I have my own YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash 1500 days. Do you have to say forward slash there? Mindy always gives me shit. You probably don't. Nah, you could just say the name. People will find it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I I will have some videos where I'm going to show you my new shower, my new toilet. Oh, the one thing that... So I'm going to be talking about my butt a lot in this podcast. I'm sorry, Doug. I haven't warned you ahead of time, but this one's going to get real. There's going to be some stuff for viewers on YouTube. But anyway, the bathroom was the hardest thing because my house had no rough plumbing down there. And I really wanted a a bathroom down there. Otherwise, I've got this split level with four different levels. And you're always going up and down a million stairs, which I kind of like. But I know that's not appealing to everyone. Uh, Our house is an old person's nightmare if you struggle with stairs. So I really wanted this bathroom down there. So I had to break up the concrete. I had to put rough plumbing like in the dirt. I had to cut open the main line to get this toilet in there and the rest of my plumbing. So the thing I think about, Doug, um, is every time I go down there, I like using that bathroom too because no one else wants to go down there. But every time I flush, my little brown guys are flowing through the pipes that I installed and I did all that work. And I think about that every time I hit the flush button on top. And I don't know why that gives me such a sense of joy and accomplishment. I was going to say, you know, you asked me when you interviewed me recently what I found joy in, and and you just, you mentioned what you found joy in, which seems a little bit unusual, but I, the logic holds true. I mean, you did something physical with your hands and and now you're reaping the benefits. Doug, you'll have to come over and try my new throne sometime. It's it's pretty great. And is there a bidet or... 
we're going to get to that. It's funny. You read my mind. Yeah. Oh, really? We're going to talk about that, but I'm going to save that for later in the podcast. Okay. Very interesting. I was going to say, I know what all the questions are. There's nothing but related here. So I wasn't sure how you were going to tie it all in. (laughs) I'm going to spring it on you. So. Uh, Yeah. How about you, Doug? What's been going on with you? I just got back from Steamboat. And that is a ski resort town, a little bit bigger than I expected it to be. And I'm not a skier or snowboarder, which is a little bit, uh, it's disappointing for a lot of people that here you live in the front range area and they're like, oh, do you get out and ski much? No, I I don't. I snowshoe a little bit. And that's what I did in, in Steamboat. I did actually get out to snowshoe a bit, but I was there for kind of a retreat. It's sort of a mini conference for the Dynamite Circle, which is a location independent entrepreneur community. And it spawned from the Tropical MBA podcast, which I'm a huge fan of. I've listened to it for eight years or so. And that was my first live event. You can kind of think of it I think there were 25 people, but you can kind of think of it as sort of a camp fi style where it's pretty loose. It's mostly just about hanging out and it's very intimate, not a huge conference. And it was fantastic just meeting like your people, you know, they understand the kind of work you're doing. They understand the priorities that you have and things that aren't priorities. And everyone's working on like really interesting things. So did you have specific workshops or was it just free flowing, uh, conversation? A little of uh, both. There were, I think, four talks and it ranged from, you know, real estate investing. One of our friends, Jeff, how do you say his last name? Fewworth? Uh, Fruworth. Fruworth. So Jeff talked about real estate and uh, there was actually a couple people that dropped out, but someone stepped up a guy named Jason Long, who's an interim CEO for a medical software company. And it's amazing the stories that he was telling, you know, coming into a sort of bigger organization and trying to fix a sinking ship. It was a a problem. So great stories uh, from there. And then our other friend, I think you you met him, uh, Gerbs out of Boulder, you know, Gerbs? Yeah, the crypto guy, right? Greg, yeah. Greg Gerber? Yeah, yep. he's awesome. So we'll, um, we potentially haven't talked to you about it, but we got to catch up a lot. So we may be able to get him on the show. And, you know, he's a crypto guy, like doing it full time and fairly conservative. I know I I stayed away from crypto and we did an episode where I was getting more interested and actually going to invest some, but he's like for real. And he was in the IT industry, sold a software company, and now he is just obsessed with crypto. And just all the things that he does is it's pretty amazing and it's not for me i mean it's a little bit too much too much work in areas that i'm not that interested in but he absolutely loves it and has a podcast it's called bitlift so anyway we'll chat because i think it could be an interesting conversation where um greg can tell us about certain things that he's doing and then we can poke holes in it and have a little debate. So I think it'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Actually, there's lots of questions I'd like to ask him just to satisfy my own curiosity. Yeah. So very cool, fun, fun weekend. And um, yeah, it was it was a, a rough time. You know, you were talking about being in in shape, and um, well, that was in the sound check. But you're, you're doing well on the fitness challenges and stuff, which we'll talk more about. But I. 
ate terribly because you're eating out for virtually every meal. And yeah, I was eating like tons of fried food. Portions were way too big. And um, it's good to get back like into the normal routine and just like rest, right? So I didn't drink too, too much for most days, which is good because you're up at a higher elevation and the alcohol will just knock you out. Like if you're not careful, even if, even though we're here at 5,000 feet, but yeah, I was pretty tired just from like staying up late, talking with people, hanging out at the hotel and stuff like that. So I am uh, catching up on sleep. Yeah, that's cool. Did you have any good beer? I know there's a couple of micros up there in Steamboat. It was, there, there were a couple beers that I hadn't had before. I can't remember the brewery, but it was a local one from Steamboat. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It, it wasn't uh, overly impressive or anything like that. Yeah, so not good, not memorable. Right, but I, I didn't seek it out too much. I just went to the liquor store across the street, got a couple six packs and a couple of them are all right. Actually, I may give one, to you to get over to Mindy. It's a, um, it's called consensual chocolate and it's a cherry chocolate stout. Have you had that? I have not. And that name sounds kind of dirty, consensual chocolate, but yeah, yeah. it's consensual though. Okay. So that, that's the important part. I'm not sure if I consented, but I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Ready to get into the questions? Let's do it. Okay. So we did a video on retirement contribution limits for 2022, and that was back in episode 43. And Polly Sai over on YouTube said, frankly, I think avoiding contributing to a Roth IRA simply because you want to retire early is very bad advice. Unless you're planning on dying at 65, it doesn't make sense to prioritize brokerage over a Roth IRA. And that's something that I said, and I actually don't contribute to any retirement accounts on a regular basis either. So that is another sin that Polly Sai should have probably pointed out too, because that is the conventional wisdom. So before, I, and I did reply kind of in a short form, but before I get into it, Carl, do you have any thoughts on that before I tell you some of my reasoning? I do have two thoughts. I think the 401k is a much bigger sin actually, because you're not reducing your taxable income, you could be saving a lot on taxes right now. Uh, the whole Roth versus post-tax, I think, is less big of a deal in the current tax situation. We've talked about this before. I think brokerage accounts are kind of overrated because as of right now, long-term long -term capital gains don't kick in until over 80000 And that's after your standard deduction and all that. So you'd have to make a lot of money, you'd have to pull like over a hundred thousand. You'd have to have over a hundred thousand dollars in income before you pull any gains out of that. And look up the numbers. I'm not explaining it loosely right now, but if you live a pretty modest existence, you're probably not going to pay capital gains. With that said, that could change. I think in like another four or five years, the rules might be up for a renegotiation. And uh, we've been running some big deficits and uh, we've been printing a lot of money. The thing I really like about a Roth is if you contribute to that, it's going to be tax-free from here on out. And there's going to be people who will say, oh, no, the government might step in and find a way to tax it. I think that's extremely unlikely. There's not a lot of money in Roths compared to other retirement vehicles. I think there's like a trillion in there compared to over 20 trillion in 401ks. So the low-hanging fruit for the federal government to tax would be income, because that's what you get taxed at when you cash out your 401k. And I just don't think, like, 
the government doesn't like to mess with old people because old people vote and touching Roth proceeds would just be toxic and people would be so mad and so angry. So if you do contribute to a Roth, your money is locked in there, I think, forever tax-free, where those brokerage accounts, it might not always be the case. Okay. So two pretty big sins. And uh, one thing, so I'll dissect the question just a bit. Um, PolySci did say, unless you're planning on dying by 65, and, you know, I, I think about death fairly often, I would say, like not constantly, but I'm aware. And I think I probably said in other episodes, I will probably get cancer around 70 or so, just like my historical track record in my family. So I'm thinking about it already. There's a solid chance I'm not going to live that much past 65. I might. It'd be great if I did, but who knows? So, and you, I mean, obviously you shouldn't plan on dying at a specific time unless you know something that I don't. Wait, so, just to cut in, how yeah. old is your father right now? He is uh, 67, oh, around shit. in there. Shit, I hope he's not listening. Anyway. So on his, a funny thing on his side of the family, they have pretty good longevity. So e even, yeah, funny enough, I think he was, he mentioned like his grandpa lived to be in his 90s, but the other side of my family, my mom's side of the family, Drop like flies. So anyway, make it. we're making it pretty morbid, but hey, it was in the question and we're just trying to be honest here. So I do think about that stuff. And when I did reply back, I mentioned, hey, why is it bad advice? Like convince me, I'm not dogmatic on anything and I love to get new information so that I can change my mind and, and be smarter and be better about it. But I am looking at it a little bit differently. And it's really about flexibility. So I understand the tax savings and the efficiency, but if I'm not trying to optimize for paying the least amount of taxes and there's a little more waste in the system and it's just easier to do, that's pretty good. Because I know I can technically pull some of the retirement funds out before I hit 59 and a half, right? Is that true? Yes. So you can do it, but it's kind of a pain in the ass and it's not what it's intended to be. Um, that's not the normal flow, right? Uh, it's not that much of a pain in the ass, and that's not that far away. I mean, that's less than 20 years for you. So it is – you do have to jump through some hoops and go through some bullshit. And the other thing is the government could take that stuff away too. They could, they could take what away? Uh, they could eliminate like the loopholes. I forget what they're called, like Roth conversion ladders. Or There's a couple different ways you could do it. SEPP, I don't even know what that stands for, is <laughs> another way to do it. But they could potentially take that away, the way to get at your 401k funds earlier. Okay. So there's virtually no penalty. Is that what you're telling me? There is no penalty. But yeah. To, to take out your 401k funds? Correct. I don't think that's true. No, it's a Google. It's a, called a Roth conversion ladder. Well, without doing the conversion, if you take out funds, you pay a ten percent penalty, yes, right? That is correct. If you take out funds without doing one of these fancy things, but there's another podcast called Radical Personal Finance, and they said, and this especially applies if you're in a high tax bracket, that it still might be better off for you to take the penalty because you've saved so much up front. We'll link to that, and that's a gamble. Obviously. Okay, gotcha. So. 
and maybe I mean this could be a learning experience, but it's is from where I sit, it's much simpler to have a brokerage account and have like two separate sets of funds. So I have the retirement accounts that we contributed to for you know 10, 10 years or so. And if those coasts, there's gonna be a significant amount of money in about 17 years, which is when I turned 59 and a half. And then on the Roth side, I contributed there for a few years too, until like I said, we realized, hey, we wanna be able to get to this money a little bit easier and not face the penalties. But, and I do understand there's ways to get around it. And you're saying it's pretty easy to do? Um, have you done it? I have not done it. Okay. I don't think it's that difficult though. There's a million and a half blog posts about it. Okay. And let me push back in another direction. So in, it's unlikely that I'll, I'll shift it around and start contributing a lot more, but I could, right. I can still, you know, put it, I have a solo 401k, so I could put it in there and that sort of thing. So that could be fine, but there's a lot of talk about efficiency and I've heard so many podcasts where basically people are doing everything they can to avoid paying taxes. So part of my logic is taxes are paying for shit that we need generally. And it's going to potentially, right, there's a lot of waste in the government. So don't, don't think that I am saying that the government is, is efficient in taking those funds and doing something with it. But from where I sit, it's going potentially to do some good somewhere in the country. So do you have any thoughts on like tax avoidance and people that are just like, fuck, I don't want to pay any taxes. Let me get out of this as much as I can. Yet they're taking advantage of all the all the benefits that us taxpayers do. Yeah, I, I do have some thoughts on that. So a very extreme case of that is I actually have people in my family who think that public schools should be abolished. And one of their reasons is they don't have kids, even though they had kids at one point. And when they look at their property tax bill, they see that like half of it goes towards schools and they get so angry at that and they don't think they should be on the hook for it. And I think that's total, complete bullshit. I, I really think it's toxic because education is one of the most important things that lifts up the country in the long term. And also, if you've got good schools, people want to move to your community and your community is going to thrive. And I'm biased because I do have two kids, but I'm all for that. I hope it's used efficiently. But yeah, I think that's a great point, Doug. The whole taxes, and I think there's some Tabor thing. A bunch of people are like, uh, someone implemented this in Colorado, and the whole point of it is, is to avoid any tax raise. Like they're hell bent on that. And no matter how good it might be, it has to go through some weird review process. I'm not speaking eloquently about this, but I think that view is toxic. I think. Taxes, not all taxes are bad. Most probably aren't bad. Most probably go to a useful thing. Of course, you hear the stories about the government waste, but that probably isn't most of it. I think most of it probably is used effectively. So yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that viewpoint, Doug. Yeah, because I don't have kids. And yeah, I definitely have thought, hey, I don't want to pay taxes for schools around here, but I obviously understand the value of some of the some of the programs that are out there in education. So the other the other piece of this is when we did start researching a bit on like accessing funds, we didn't run across too many blog posts that, or I guess we didn't go too deep. I know there's a lot of blog posts out there on converting and getting your money out early, but in general, it sounded inconvenient. And 
there's a thread that runs through many of these episodes where I'm like, I don't want to be hassled. I just want sort of an easier way to do things, even if it's not as efficient. Hence the brokerage accounts. And I could literally just sell some stuff and get money out if I want to. It's very easy, very straightforward, and it's okay if there's a little waste. Layer on top of that, as I've gotten into entrepreneurship, I'm like, it's a little bit easier for me to earn money than to try to jump through a bunch of hoops and not pay taxes. Could be totally wrong, but at least it's more fun to be an entrepreneur than try to avoid taxes. Yeah. But whatever floats your boat, because I know some people really like avoiding paying taxes. <laughs> and if you're angry at me, leave comments on the YouTube video. Tell me I'm full of shit. It'll be great. YouTube doesn't acknowledge if it's a positive or negative comment. They're just like, hey, people are getting really into whatever they're talking about. Yeah. And send your hate mail to Doug. Do we have our own private email addresses? Doug at milehificlub.com. I don't even know what our email addresses are. Yeah, but address of the Doug at least put in the subject yeah. line. The only other counter I'd have to your arguments is you've got like almost 30 years until you hit 70. We've had this conversation online. I think the advances in medical stuff are coming Faster and faster. So the things that killed people even 10 years ago have been solved, some of them. And I think I like breast cancer. I had two people in my family die of that. And now if they got that, they probably would have lived. I think the long-term prognosis of that, like uh, living longer than five years is like over 95%. Soon there will be blood tests to detect cancer. You'll just get a prick in your finger and then, hey, you've got cancer. Let's do something about it. So I think you're being too morbid there, Doug. I would bet on you living, I don't know what the term is in gambling, like the over or under, but I would, if I was a gambling person, I would bet on you living older than 70. Well, I think we're going to be okay, even with a large amount of waste by us not contributing to a 401k or a Roth for several years. I think we're going to be all right. Cool. Yeah. So if other people have thoughts, like definitely it, it would be great in, you know, a few more episodes if I'm like, you know what? I messed up. I'm going to go ahead and throw some more. I got a couple more weeks to max out um, my 401. Yeah. My solo 401k for last year. Right. Cause we got to, we got until like April 15th. Right. Yeah. I think so. So anyway, cool. So if you have thoughts on it, let us know. Next question Carl, you want to read this one out? Yeah, this one is from Airpay Check, and him or her asks, when is it too late, if ever, to switch over to Vanguard and index funds? I will retire at 65 next year with a good portfolio. Is it worth doing at this point? That's a tough one. So one thing we don't know is what the portfolio is made up of right now, which would be very valuable. So Carl, with the information that we have here, what are your thoughts? And maybe you can make an assumption like, hey, it's set up in this way. Yeah. Well, the one thing he said in here is he said, and index funds. So I would guess he's invested in something else, individual stocks or who knows what. My general answer would be, it's never too late. You want to do it as tax effective. If this guy has 2 million bucks and other stuff, you probably don't want to sell everything and just throw it into index funds. If if he has excess dividend income that he's not using, that he doesn't need for retirement, maybe he could throw that into the index funds. Or maybe he wants to take some of the stuff that doesn't have a co high cost basis or something that he's not 
excited about and put that in index funds. But yeah, the process is super easy and it's never too late. The other thing I'd say here is he, specific, he specifically calls out Vanguard. While Vanguard is good, there's no reason you have to switch to them. Fidelity and Schwab and I think most others have low cost index funds now. So there's no reason you have to switch to Vanguard if you're happy with your current broker. Now, even if you've got an E-Trade account, you can just go buy VTI in there at no cost. There's no transaction fee. Yep. In, in my, without repeating anything that you said, I was thinking someone must have either advised him or he had some plan, especially leading up to retirement. You kind of want to shelter things and smooth the ride in case there's volatility, right? So I think if he was getting good advice, he probably should be sort of correctly allocated. And if he wanted to shift, I would assume some sort of similar, maybe it's not an index fund, maybe it's some specific mutual fund. He may be able to save on some of the fees if he did move over. But like you said, you want to be strategic and not create like a weird taxable event. So I'm assuming perhaps a lot of it is in those retirement accounts. So if I'm correct, Carl, you know, I'm not good with those retirement funds, right? If you sell within those funds and reallocate, you're not paying taxes until you're with, withdrawing anything, right? Yeah, that is correct. As long as he does it under that fund. I know like when I've had jobs before, we've actually had the option to buy stocks within our 401k, which I don't think is a great idea. But if he has that, he or she has that, they can certainly sell within that and just move them over to an index fund. So in conclusion, it's not too late to move over, but make sure you're not doing anything too crazy and perhaps model what you were trying to do before, assuming it was a good plan, which if he's retiring, I assume it's probably a decent plan. Like it, he's at least at a spot where he's comfortable doing it. So pretty good. Anything else on that, Carl? I would say he doesn't have to. Like if he's in real estate and he actually enjoys that, stay there. And if you're doing well with it, there's no reason you have to choose just because that's the common advice. You can keep on doing what you want to be doing as long as you enjoy it. Next question is from Marcus from Austria. After buying index funds for decades, how hard is the selling process in order to live from the portfolio? So I think, you know, Carl and I have, we haven't started doing that yet. And I think it's fairly straightforward though. Carl, do you want to explain your understanding? Yeah. With everything online now, all transactions are super easy. Whenever I've done anything with E-Trade or Interactive or any of my online brokers, super easy. Just hit the sell button and tell the brokerage where you want it to go. And sometimes the next day, the money is in your account. And it's really that simple. The one thing I'd pay attention to is maybe stuff like cost basis. If it's a post-tax account, maybe you want to hit the stuff that doesn't have huge gains. On the other hand, if you do have some gains and you're going to be under that capital gains threshold, maybe you want to sell it and rebuy it. And that's called capital gains harvesting, which is a whole nother conversation. But real quick, what that does is it resets your cost basis so you can sell in the future and pay less taxes. Everybody's trying to save on taxes, which I'll just digress really, really quick. I'm uh, I'm definitely more libertarian. Anyone see uh, Parks and Rec? Did you watch that? You know, Ron Swanson? Yes. I'm probably closer to that than anything else where I'm like, if I worked in a government office, I would like try to make it not do anything. So it is just an example 
um, by the way. So I, I don't like paying taxes either, but it's, um, it's just one of those things, right? Death and taxes. Yeah, no one does. Uh, real quick side story. I take a walk every day around my neighborhood and there's this guy who's got this big truck and on the truck, he's got this bill, big billboard that says taxes are theft. But where's the truck parked? It's parked on the public street. Like who the fuck pays for the truck? Who the <laughs> hell pays for that street, asshole? Like, oh man. All right. It's it's going to turn into some sort of weird rally over here. Yeah, we, we don't want that. So th the other part, actually kind of know a few things <laughs> that we talk about. And one thing you could do, Marcus, is potentially not reinvest the dividends. So probably, most likely, when I start pulling some money or, or drawing some money out of all the investments that we've made, most likely, I just won't reinvest the dividends. And then that will end up being a fairly significant amount of money, probably all that we need. And then you're never touching that that principle. And um, depending on how things go, like you could just kind of do that forever. So have you heard of people doing that? Yeah. It's funny you mentioned this, Doug, because I was just researching this the other day for my blog post that's up now. And currently, or when I did the blog post last week, VTSX was paying a 1.35% dividend yield. So if you have a million dollars, you're making 13500 So let's say you've done really well and you've accumulated 4000 in VTSAX. That is 52. That's like $54,000 a year. And for a lot of us, especially frugal early retirees, that might be all you ever need. So you can leave the whole core in there and just live off your, your dividends. Yeah. And you, so if you had like 4 million bucks, you'd, you'd be pulling like 52 like income, right? From the dividends. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And obviously 4 million is like, it's kind of a lot of money, right? But conceivably, especially some of the, some of the younger people we know where they retired really early and accumulated. And like you said, if they're pretty frugal, like that is not crazy. And, you know, we know a couple of people that retired when they're like 29. So in a few years, they could have that. Yeah. Yeah, most people will not have that. But even if you have half or a quarter of that, it's still going to kick off dividends that you could use to offset sales. Yep. And yeah, anything else to add on that one? I don't think so. Next question is recent purchases. So as a, well, you're, you're a little more frugal guy than me, but um, I think occasionally we splurge, we buy, we buy nice things, you know, and for me... I I have an old laptop and I think it's like eight years old. I mean, it's pretty old and I, I like technology and I like to upgrade kind of before the machine starts smoking, right? So I'm like, ah, this is kind of on the last leg here. So why don't I start looking? So like for the last month or so, I was like, ah, maybe I'll check out these new uh, MacBook M1 processors oh, and browsing around and eventually I picked one up. So I, I'm a eBay shopper fairly often, or I'll get a refurbished Mac, but last couple of machines I've purchased have been from eBay, usually, you know, pretty new, pretty good shape, but yeah, I got one of these and it's um, on the way. I haven't received it yet, but everyone that I talked to seemed to love the M1 processor. And I, I'm a fairly intense user with the video editing and other things that I do. And while well, I'm a little geeky, so I always try to max out the RAM. So that, that was the, the big thing, but I got it from a company 
that apparently ordered too many laptops. So it didn't, it wasn't going to come with a charger. They were going to keep the charger. So it was actually much cheaper. I think um, listed for like 850 instead of like 1100 is sort of the going price for the others. And when they sent it, they were like, hey, it's on the way. And we found an extra charger and we're going to include it too. So wow. I was like, oh man, that's why they lowered the price. So yeah, I got a pretty good deal on a laptop and hopefully it'll live up to all the hype. Yeah, I've got a couple follow-up questions, and I'm asking this because I almost had to buy one. My 2014 MacBook Pro I left on the security line in the Las Vegas <laughs> airport. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Usually I'm pretty good about that kind of stuff, but this time I failed. But they picked it up and they sent it back to me. But what I noticed is 2014 laptops, they still get security updates, but not for that much longer. And they stop the operating system updates, so I don't get the operating system. I don't care much about that. I, I use software within it. I don't do much with the OS as long as my software works. But what year was the laptop that you replaced yours with? Uh, Mid-2014. Okay, so it's yeah. the same thing. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a great laptop, and it actually still – I mean, it, it has a lot of RAM also. It was back in the day where you actually can – add more RAM to it. But now uh, on the new MacBooks, it's soldered in to the motherboard, so you can't upgrade it. But but yeah, it's a pretty good laptop and I'll probably I'll probably list it um, on, e I'll probably sell it on eBay. I mean, I still have the original box and I'm not too hard on stuff. It's almost pristine for how old it is. Okay. So no stickers, no weird stuff. How much memory does your new laptop have? 16 okay. uh, gigs, yeah. Yeah, that's what my 2014 has. That's what I really wanted to max out. But that's pretty cool. They're great machines. They cost more. People complain about that. But man, mine's just been perfect. Like no problems whatsoever. Yeah. And I mean, I, I wanted to maybe look at Chromebooks a little bit, but I actually do use a decent amount of Apple-only software. And I am... I'm entrenched, man. I got a Mac mini over there. I have a fucking phone. I got an Apple watch, all, all the stuff. So I'm, I'm in. Would you like to show the audience your Apple tattoo? <laughs> I, I caught a glimpse of it when we roomed together. I didn't ask for a glimpse of it, but unfortunately I was looking at you at the wrong time when you were yeah. changing. And... Yeah. I, I don't know why you came into the bathroom when I was changing, but you know, hey, I didn't have to pay for the room. So- I appreciate that. That's the cost of entry. Small price to pay. <laughs> all right. What have you purchased recently? So, Doug, this is this is a very hard question. And out of all these questions, I thought I spent more time on this question than all the others combined times, too. I guess that means I'm at a good place in life. Uh, if there's something I really want in life that I think will make me happy, I'll go out and buy it. But I just can't think of anything that I want to buy. So, but I did think of two purchases. And I'm going to apologize to you for what I'm going to do next to you, Doug. Yeah, cue the scary <laughs> violin music. I bought pants from Costco about a month and a half ago, and I have them on right now. But now I have a problem. I told you when we started recording in the sound check that I've lost all this weight, right? Mm -hmm. So usually every pair of pants I've bought recently has been a size 32. So these no longer fit. And watch this, Doug. So I'm going to take off my belt, and I've got a big problem with these pants now. So you might want to narrate this. Okay. Carl is taking off his belt and there he's jumping around. He's, it appears, yep, he's trying to make his pants fall off and they, they did a little bit. And are you endorsed by Mountain Dew or those Mountain Dew underwear? I do have Mountain Dew underwear. And yes, that was a shameless plug. We are <laughs> sponsored today by Mountain Dew. 
So those are 32? Yeah, they just fall off. If I don't wear a belt, I'm doomed. I'm pulling them up constantly, which is super annoying. Man. Yeah, I wear 32s also. So now we can trade clothes or whatever, but I don't think I'm going to wear fucking Costco pants, man. Come on. You don't like Costco pants? (laughs) These are awesome. The good thing about them is they've got like the built-in elastic, so they kind of stretch if I do put on weight again. Yeah. I do like that. Do you have jeans like that? No, I'm not a big jeans wearer. Uh, overall. So yeah, I'm weird. Uh, Cause I know people are like, Oh, I got these, these wonderful comfy jeans and jeans are, they feel constricting to me usually. Oh, you should get the elastic kind. They don't feel like jeans. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. I don't like jeans either, except for these elastic ones. They're like okay. 14 bucks or something. They're, That's a pretty good deal. They're a great deal. Hopefully they last. Yeah. And I do have one other purchase. I'm feeling cheeky today because these two purchases are about my butt. So you mentioned the bidet earlier, and that was the other purchase, actually. It, I bought it, and it showed up yesterday from Amazon. Have you ever used a bidet before, Doug? No, I haven't. But why not? Oh, you know what? I was trying to think back. There was a place. I, I, w- I went to Rome uh, a long time ago, and there was a bidet at the hotel that we were at or wherever we were staying, I'm sure I must've used it, but I don't remember it too well. Okay. So, cause I'm sure if there was a bidet there, I would check it out. Well, if when mine is in, I've never used one in my life, but I go through a lot of toilet paper and I'm trying to save the earth. I, I think uh, my purchases are something I need, something that'll make my life more efficient or something, just some stupid nerd toy. And the bidet is number two. It'll make my life more efficient because I'll hopefully spend less time wiping and yeah. It'd be a more hygienic experience. So maybe you could try mine and maybe you'll get behind it once yeah. you try it. That's good. That's good. Ho- hopefully they're all there, but correct up to be. It's, it's the, um, these are great puns. Great puns. <laughs> is the water heated? It is not. I don't currently, the toilet this is going in, there is no outlet near the toilet. But I was thinking just this morning, I'm actually going to redo my bathroom and I can put an outlet in there. So yeah, our water here is 55 degrees. I started thinking about that, but then there's benefits of cold weather showers, right? Wim Hof, I'll just be the <laughs> Wim Hof of butts. Yeah. I was going to say, you're going to, you're going to shower in the bidet. I think, I think, uh, well, that's gross. That's how I'll just say it. <laughs> but my family did not share my enthusiasm for this purchase. I was it, the, the funny thing is, I was thinking about this question. I'm like, how am I going to answer this as I was carrying this thing up the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that my, my older kid sees it. She's like, Dad, what is that? I'm like, it's a bidet. And she's like, ew. And then I talked to Mindy. I'm like, you know, they've got different versions of this. They've got one that just takes care of the back end for both sexes. But then they have another one for females that'll take care of the female bits yeah, are you interested at all? Do you want me to order that one? And that, that was a pretty hard no. <laughs> when you asked that, did you say female bits? I, I think I actually did. Okay. But yeah, my my family does not share my enthusiasm for this device. That's cool. What What is a bidet run these days? It was like tw- only 29 bucks and it was like Amazon like good reviews and all that shit. So okay. I, hopefully it lives up to the hype. And I got this idea from my friend, Bob H. Did you meet Bob? And yeah, you probably yeah, met Bob. Bob. Yeah, right. Blue shirt Bob. He kind of looks yeah. like Michael Kitsis. But yeah, so I was having a conversation with Bob about wiping. I don't know why I was having this conversation, but he's like, well, 
because he's a big bidet. I, we should call him Bob Bidet from here on out. He's like, well, in your daily life somehow, if your hand came in contact with poop, like a dog poop or someone else's, let's not say how we got to that point, but what would you do? Like, it wouldn't be enough just to wipe that off with paper, right? That'd be disgusting. You want to scrub your hands. So why don't we afford our butt the same respect as we do our hands and the same hygiene? We don't. Mm-hmm. So, And I, I think... The reason why is we eat with our hands, you know, does that that make sense? Yeah, perhaps. (laughs) But I think when you started talking about this, how how much time are you spending wiping? Because it sounded like you're going to get a lot of time back. (laughs) I I don't know if there's something wrong with my... (laughs) It's like wiping a marker. Yeah, Is that right? There could be something wrong with my diet, but on, on some days it's significant. Like you're going for like try number five or six and I've got a whole process to it, which we probably don't want to go into. You wet the paper down a little bit to, uh, yeah. But yeah, okay. so sometimes you're there for a while and I feel, I think of all the trees in British Columbia that are cut down just to wipe my ass with. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for those trees and mm-hmm. Hopefully the world's a little bit better as a result of this. And yeah, you can come over and try it. I'll put one on my new toilet that we talked about as well. And Sweet. Thanks. Yeah. You know, you, you, when you write the questions down, you think they're pretty safe questions and you're not going to get weird answers like this, but leave it to Carl. And I mean, you, you prepared a whole bit um, and you had many jokes to go along with it. So this was a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. All right. Any other any other questions uh, that, that you could think of? Anything else on your mind? No. There's something on my mind. Wait, did you say on my mind or in my behind? Either one. The Either answer one. is no for both. <laughs> All right. Well, be sure to sign up for the uh, email list if you're not on there. We just send out a couple emails when episodes come out. And yeah, thanks, everyone. Yeah. And we're going to have giveaways with the email list too. I've had people leave YouTube comments for books and stuff like that. And I follow up, but they don't like send an email to get the book and they don't follow up. So I think maybe the email list will be a better way to give away swag. So yeah, definitely sign up. Perfect. Yeah. Milehifi.club or there's a link in the description. And if you have questions out there for the next episode, shoot us an email and we'll we'll put it on here. We'll we'll give you a shout out and all that stuff. So catch y'all on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five. And uh, actually, we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind is pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment 
and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week.